0: Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring to you a woman who's going to help you in so many ways in your life. How about your relationships? How about your leadership skills? How about developing relationships that are positive and successful careers and helping you discover your own leadership talents to follow your passion and your purpose? You know, helping women share their stories has been one of my greatest joys, and I've been doing it for over 10 years, and I continue to talk to all of these leading women, and it's just an amazing journey. I chose 19 of the best experts from these conversations to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life which is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and the business section of your local bookstores. Now, you haven't bought your copy yet, and you know a woman who who wants to pursue passion and her dreams. This is the book for both of you. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another amazing woman. Her name is Melissa Murray. Melissa is an image architect and style expert. Wow. She offers practical guidance to high achievers who want to look their very best and to strengthen their image, their presence, their style, and and their influence, and most importantly, their confidence. She expertly blends her clients' visual impressions with their message, balancing this image with their brand for pitch-perfect delivery and success on camera and at all appearances. Her clients have been on all major networks, including popular shows like Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, and featured in Entrepreneur, Vast Company, Forbes, Fortune, Huffington Post, and many, many more. Melissa is certified by only one of the nine image masters in the world and has built a solid reputation as an industry influencer and a keynote speaker. She has been a featured expert for NBC, Fox News, Fashion Institute of Technology and Ladies Who Launch, and many, many more. So I am pleased to welcome Melissa Murray to Conversation Smart, Amazing Women, and working on our image is so very, very important. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being with me. I'm excited to talk to you. We have a mutual friend, Kristen Andrus, who is so wonderful about connecting smart, amazing women together. So that's why she connected us, for sure.
1: Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here with you and your audience today.
0: Good. Um, You know, I I typically start these conversations out with something very important, and it's your story. You know, so often, you know, you're, you're an image architect and style expert, but we all know that our stories are so valuable. Where we've come from is so important to where we are today itself. How did you get to be the Melissa Murray that's the image architect and style expert today? What was your journey? And tell us your personal story.
1: Thank you for asking that. I I come from a lineage of uh, entrepreneurs. My grandmother, my mother, and my aunt are, are all female entrepreneurs. And back in the day before female entrepreneurs existed, my grandmother was Forging the way, and she owned travel agencies and and because yeah. of that, our family got to travel the world. We came from a very I come from a middle America family, and we got to travel and I remember being i think our second cruise was when I was in fifth grade, and my mom and I were in our cabin, and I said, Mom, what if we opened up a boutique in one of these islands, or what if we did it on a cruise ship and so my love of fashion goes as far back as I can remember, even beyond yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. I remember, you know, as most of us girls do, we dress up in our mom's clothes, and you know, it just—it's something that's been in my blood for a long time. I just—I think I came into this world and I knew what to wear, how to wear it, how to put it together, and how to tell everybody else how to do it. Wow. So, uh, okay. you know, beyond the cruises. I spent about 17 years in corporate America in senior management. I ran a sales team, a performance solutions team, and I I was running for the most part in a man's world. So I knew how to get ahead of the game, and it was looking the part. And at that time, I had spent about 20 years in chronic pain as I was climbing the corporate ladder. And I found this trick. <laughs> the trick was to never let anyone know that I was in chronic pain. Yeah. And the way I found around that was to make sure I was so sharply dressed that most of the time that people would look at me in totality, the total package, the outfit, the aura, the I've got this, the walking with command, the. Mm-hmm. But I knew if they looked in my eyes first, yeah. I was going to be in trouble because they would so readily probably call my b s and be like, "Really?" and yeah. so from that, what a valuable lesson to know that I could sort of fake my way through feeling good, and the yeah. moment I had to get on a stage or be in front of people, it helped me for a period of time forget that what my weakness was. My weakness was that I was in pain. And then sometimes you're on pain meds and your train of thought isn't always succinct. And I remember thinking to myself, if they only knew what was going on in my head, (laughs) I've been sitting here trying to hold it together. And I remember driving with one of my sales reps down the road, and I wanted to say, look at that beautiful ranch. And I couldn't find the word ranch. Yeah. And I said, look how beautiful that is. And That's all I could get. And so fast forward, I get laid off in the height of the recession, mm-hmm. but I had already started my business. I started going to LA and I was buying and selling merchandise, hand over fist. Mm-hmm. And I remember that time and my husband was like, you just got laid off. And I was bound by those golden handcuffs. I just, monetarily, I was like, this is such a great journey, and I love the people I'm working with, I love my team, I love the extended team, I love our clients, but I was done. I had been done about two years prior to that. I just had reached my max, I was traveling 80% of the time, and being in chronic pain and traveling 80% of the time was just a, it was terrible. So I was like, woohoo, I got laid off, and my husband goes, oh my gosh, and I'm like, it'll be fine. And I thought, what do I want this next chapter to look like? And I wanted it to look like something that what my family lineage had taught me. Be an entrepreneur. Do what you want to do. You're strong. You're creative. You're a leader. You don't need the corporate side. You need to build something that's your own. And so uh, at the time, we had a, a house in Texas, two, two cars house in California to, and I just I was like this is silly nonsense Let, I'm so I moved to California full-time I believe eight years ago and what a great transition to start your business know no one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was I just I was like I can do this I, I've got what it takes to do this and I failed a lot along the way I did some great things along the way but I just got to mold myself into whatever it is that I wanted to be
0: yeah. And uh-huh. so
1: that's how this began. And I'll say, Nancy, I don't know if you if some, I know you know I'm from Texas, but when I lived in Texas and when I was in corporate America, women did not build one another up. It was more knowledge is power, yeah. I've got the power, and I'm not sharing it. I don't, I've never believed in that philosophy. Yeah. And yeah. when I moved to California and I went to my very first networking event. And I walked in and every single, there's probably 100, 150 people there. And because I was new to the organization, I said, well, come up front, introduce yourself. Every woman in that room walked up to me at the end, handed me their business card and said, what can I do to help you? I thought I was going to faint Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that's, I was the one always giving to other women but never receiving. And here I have a room full of women that just want to propel me. Yeah, wow. That's fantastic. how wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, and and again, you know, I've been reading your your bio and and going over your website and different things that I've read. You really have built a, kind of a niche for yourself as an image ar- architect. There really aren't. I think it says you're one of one of eight eight master image uh, architects in the country. Uh, you know, that's you've created your own niche. You know, but but I'm going to have to go back to this pain because. Because I have worked with women for 30-plus years, and I am about women empowerment, and I'm absolutely about women's leadership as far as equal parity. But, again, one of the keys that I'm now working with, and this is totally where I'm at, but is women leading as women. And that vulnerability, which makes us so very, very special and allows us to be such great connectors and great collaborators is something that women are beginning to discover more and more, especially women who are in top leadership positions, because we're finding much, much success when we can actually, you know, gather together those like-minded people who really are about not only giving help but receiving help. So this, this pain, what, can, I, can you describe that a little bit for me? Because that's sure, that is really, really important. So I
1: here's here's what I think, in and retrospect of yeah. watching the 20 years in pain as, as me being an older, more mature person today. So yeah. I had in in my early 20s, I was just doubled over, uh, probably 80 percent of the time, and so I had had 11 surgeries for what I now know to be misdiagnosed as endometriosis.
0: Oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs>
1: So eight years ago, I went to, and so not only 11 surgeries that I didn't need, the time right. off of work, the, the money spent on my, medi- I was doing daily injections of oh Lupron God. in my leg um, oh. that sent me into menopause from my, early, from my early 20s all the way until, I was going to say about 38-ish. Uh-huh. So here I am, this 20-year-old in menopause, having hot sweats, yeah. night sweats, yeah. hot flashes, you name it. You know, it's kind of what, that's what the doctor said at the time. And so we just went with it. And yeah. then um, I remember reaching that moment where I looked at, at my husband and I said, I, I cannot do one more injection. Yeah. And I had all these vials. And, we, and I said, please just do this with me. I, I, I need this freedom from right. all this medicine that I've been on all these years. And we had huge property out behind us. And I said, on the count of three, we're going to take these six vials. And at the time, it was $1,100 a month for this yeah, medication it's, it's, with insurance.
0: It's, it's, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And wow. so we threw it as far as we could. And I remember thinking... I am free, and I'm breaking this chain. I had been to every expert in the country, and it just – and then I ended up – fast forward, my grandmother needed to go to the Mayo Clinic, and she at the time lived in Orlando, so we went to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. She had had breast cancer in her early 50s, and – my mom and my two aunts were unavailable to go, and I said, well, I'll fly in, and I'll take her to the Mayo Clinic, and I thought, this is the most, we get there, and it's like Disneyland for adults. This yeah. place is spectacular, and they took, we were there for five days, and she had all these different scans and procedures, and I remember, I, I said to her, we were in the hotel room that one of the, one of the evenings, and I said, Granny, do you think that, They could help me. I didn't know that the Mayo Clinic would help an every ordinary day person like me. I just thought you had to be special. (laughs) I didn't understand that every person to them is special. So, and I asked her doctor on our last day, and I said, you know, here's what's been going on with me. Do you think the Mayo Clinic could help me? In 30 seconds, she wrote down the name of a person, scheduled my appointment, For a month later, I flew back to Florida, had an appointment, and like my grandmother, I was there a week doing all these Uh tests, Uh and they said, you never had endometriosis. You never needed those 11 surgeries. You have this muscle that, for, excuse my French, that pissed off. It's been pissed off for a long time. (laughs) And so I'm like, this is a muscle thing?
0: You've got to be kidding me.
1: Uh Okay. And so um, they sent me to physical therapy here in San Diego, and within, I don't know, six months, and then those people sent me to somebody else, and then energy healer, and between the physical therapy, the energy healer, I was pain-free. Wow. It was the most amazing thing, and I'll, I'll share another quick story, if you don't mind, about pain.
0: No, so go ahead. I've
1: been, I've been living my, my wonderful, beautiful life with, with my husband and our dog, and I um, started working out three days a week, uh, really getting my body back into, into fighting shape, if you will. Uh, this was March a year ago. And then I, after the workouts, I would take the dog, we'd go for a walk on the beach for an hour, and so I was really, really grounded and loving my life. And then in November, I worked out on a Friday. On Sunday, my husband and I went to play golf, and I got this migraine that went on for 10 days. Fast forward, I ended up having a herniated disc in my neck, and I lost use of my left arm and hand.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> this is now over the whole. So now I'm, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. Like, what is going on? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Never been Ever. Yeah. Never been healthier. That's right.
1: So I end up in at the end of January having disc replacement surgery in my neck,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I had already committed to all these speaking engagements because they said, "Oh, Melissa, you're going to be great. Like after two weeks, you're going to go to physical therapy. You're going to." Yeah. Okay. This has been this has been the worst six months of pain, of pain in my entire life. It makes those twenty years look like nothing. Oh wow. And. What it, again, reinforced about what I do and having to show up, show up as a yeah. woman, as a wife, as a friend, yeah. Is, yeah. as a leader, is that we get a choice every moment of every day of our life. I was not ready after seven weeks to go stand in stilettos on a stage. I, even, I, hadn't, I hadn't been in heels in months. I hadn't, been in, I had, hadn't even left the house maybe five or ten times to go to the doctor, to go to physical therapy. And I thought, you know what, if I can stand up and I can show up for all these women, you as other women need to do it every day because my guess is that you're not in chronic pain, even though we all have family, BS with our kids, or whatever that looks like. It doesn't matter what it is, but we can fix it. We can also create this beautiful life, and we can either choose to show up as our best self or I could have canceled and said, "You know what? I just can't do this." Yeah.
0: Absolutely. But yes, you can. The yeah. message
1: is yes, you can. You can do anything you set your mind to.
0: And I think the most important thing that you're talking about and it's and it's a thread that goes through everything in your writing and so forth is is the word confidence. And yes. I, I I really think that is so key for women. I mean, if we said anything else in this conversation, because of what you've been through and what many women do go through is the fact that if they can find confidence and they can find support, mm-hmm. anything is possible. Anything is possible.
1: That's, that's exactly right. You know, I find that uh, with my high-achieving clients or even just talking to, to a, a fellow leader, I don't want to have a photo shoot till I lose 10 pounds. I don't want to do this. Well, guess what? I haven't yeah. worked out and, and forever. And it did stop me from going and buying a new outfit and arriving for those people who were there to hear my message. Sure. And confidence. And so as women, you know this, and I, I listen to your podcast. As women, we tend to put ourselves last. The kids come first. The husband comes first. The, the animals come first. Whatever it is. And then we put ourselves, we go, oh, we go, yeah, I can't afford that, you know, $100 jacket. Yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. Yes, you, it's, yes, you can. You have to prioritize yourself and what image you want to portray to the outside world.
0: Yeah.
1: Because you yeah, only no, it, get one chance to get it right.
0: Well, you, you, yes, yeah, it's, it's very hard to undo. We, we make judgments. About people when we see them walk in a room, and it takes us less than five seconds to basically categorize someone put and put a label on them, and it's amazing to me how much longer than it would take to undo that label or that uh, five second uh, you know, word that you put. can on I that tell line. you
1: Can I tell you what the answer is to that? It, so if you make a bad first impression, it takes five subsequent interactions or three hours. <laughs> or 3 hours with a person to undo. Now, who if you make a bad first impression, who's going to give you that kind of time?
0: No one. Nobody. Well, yeah, you don't have that. Nobody. You don't have that, they don't have that luxury of time. Um, yeah, and and I agree. Uh, again, you you're working with uh, particularly uh, you call them high achievers. These are women that mm-hmm. that want to be very visible and they want to be in the the public eye and, of course, being there, it's very, very important the way the the first impressions that they do make. What are some of the common errors, though, that women do make that set them back to the point where you've got those three hours of intervention that have to take place to undo that, that judgment that people have made? I feel like a couple of major mistakes that women make.
1: One is trying to be something that you're not, being completely unauthentic, where you're messaging in your brand doesn't match who actually walks in the door. Yeah. That, for yeah. me, is when there's incongruency like that, you can't get past that. And right. I'll, I'll give an example. So I, I, I'm going to give this example because it was, it was something even yesterday that happened. I was with a client on a photo shoot, and the makeup artist showed up, and she had this air about her, like, who are you? Well, let me tell yeah. you who my client is. She is the number four social media expert influencer in the world. Shame on you for not doing your research and knowing who you're walking into, how you're walking into on this photo shoot. Or, or even
0: acting and that I, way, who she is. Absolutely. What's the and point? she just
1: walked, she kept saying, well, let me tell you who I am. And
0: I've worked with Britney Spears. And
1: I've, I don't care. What I care about is how you're going to treat my client. And it's, this is not all about you. Today, this is her day. I think sometimes women try to overcompensate instead yeah. of just saying, hi, how are you? And, yeah. and putting out your hand and having a sincere handshake. And women tend to not look people, is my tip number two, women tend to not look people in the eye. Oh, women wow. tend to look down, so they might look you in the eye briefly, but then it's, that's that confidence that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. It's that, here, I feel insecure. Yeah. And yeah. we know the longer that you can hold eye contact, the more likely you are to gain a meaningful connection and yeah. actually do business together. Absolutely. So the minute you break eye contact, it's funny, I, when I speak, I have, these, I have the audience do this exercise where they turn to the other person next to them, and I say, okay, I want you, no talking aloud. I want free to look to the person next to you and for 10 seconds, you're going to hold eye contact. Mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. of the room can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's uncomfortable. We're so comfortable using our phones. We're so comfortable looking beyond the person that we're supposed to be talking to. It's like we're so distracted. And and so it's not just women that do this, but men do this. We mm-hmm. all do it. We're, so, we're yeah. looking for the next best thing and we're not truly present. So... Yeah. I want, I, want pe- I want people in my life who are present, who are there and we're having meaningful conversation. Uh, I think another mistake women make, especially if you're new in business, is you go to a networking function and you're so bent on getting somebody's business card and then all you do is stock them and try to sell and push your products and services. That is not a meaningful connection at all.
0: No. I didn't no. I never
1: found that in Texas, but when I moved to California it just kind of is that way. And I'll say we all need coaches, right? My business yeah. coach said to me, he said, I said, these people have become my friends. He said, then why would you ever dream of taking a business card to an event or to an organization where you already know everybody and they know you. They're already networking for
0: you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's the right time to to present someone with a card, especially if they ask for one. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I I always see that as a as a opening, as a compliment. If someone says, "Could I please have your card?" You know, I'd really like to connect right. with you. I think that's the key. Is if you can have that conversation and make that connection, and they actually ask for that card. <laughs> you know, I, I yes, I, I think what you're talking about is so important. And and I you know is that. It, the, even the quote that that is on your on your website she is the most authentic person i've met. Melissa's is modern without being trendy, classy, without being stuffy direct without ever being hurtful. Each individual matters on her personal level, and her discretion is absolute and and I think that's the key that women have that we, somehow we have lost and that we've got to remember that feminine part of ourselves is just that. That's exactly what you're talking about. It's when we can be ourselves and we show up, as you say, and really connect with other, other people and other women, anything is possible. Anything is possible.
1: Wholeheartedly agree. I think I'll say this, tell you this quick story. My, when I was in corporate America, I had a strap-on penis on. I was running with men. I had to play with, I mean, not play, yeah. physically play, but I had to play in their world. So yeah. I played, I played golf, I, yeah, it's yeah. Like I could trash talk with the best of them, I could fish, I, you name it. I was the tomboy that the, the looked feminine. And then when I became an entrepreneur, and when things would get a little dicey, instead of being the woman that I grew into, I would put that strap-on penis on. And, and my husband would say, do you know who you are right now? Yeah. And I'd say, what? He said, do you yeah. know who you are right now? He said, that's, that's that corporate, Melissa, that you work so hard not to be. Why? And I said, but it's just, it's, it's my old hat. It's my default button. And it's not a pretty default button no. when I have no. to go to that place. And so that's why I say authenticity is so important for women in business because we want to uplift each other. We want to lead each other. We want to share. We want to cry together. We want to... <laughs> Whatever it is, but we can't do that when we have this um, air of I'm better than you or when we try to be something that we're not because frauds always get found out.
0: Yeah, well, then then let me ask you a question then. Then a lot of these women that you become a coach and a a consult for, do you find, though, that that's part of what happens is that you've got to help them find their authenticity again That because they have been strapping on that, that penis and because they feel like that's the only way they're going to be successful is to help them define their true self, their true essence? Sometimes. The answer is sometimes.
1: Um, m- most of the people that I work with are high achievers, so they know the difference between if they're in their office and they've got to they've be that naughty person, but yet they have to be on stage or they're going to be in the media and they have to be really relatable. But the yeah. disconnect is when they don't know how to how to take the penis off and <laughs> be, the, yeah. be the same person all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, they usually all have the ability to do that, but that is, that's where the wardrobe comes in, and that's where the confidence comes in, is letting them not worry about what they're going to wear. So I worry about, I, I focus on what's their messaging. Do you want to yeah. sell a product? Do you want to sell your services? Do you want to um, just make an introduction into this market? and be likable, it's just, it depends on what each person's messaging is. So if you want to sell a product, then there is a whole strategy behind what we're going to put you in and, and when. If you want to just be known and you want to dabble, you've got a product that's okay, good for the media. If you've got a book tour, you know, it depends on the book. If the book is tailored towards mothers, then then we don't put you in a wardrobe that is so classy, and sophisticated, and a corporate, we put in something that is so um, relatable.
0: Uh-huh. Got it.
1: Understood. So there's strategy behind it all. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just different for every person that I've worked with. I yeah. don't think there's a, a yes or no answer to that one.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, I, and again, you know, I think the high achievers definitely we're talking about, I mean, when it boils down to it, how do you... How do you walk away from a situation and people remember you? And, and, yeah. and, and of course, in, if you're in the media and if you're in, in a position of leadership, how do you want to be remembered as you walk away? You know, I've had people call me many names throughout my career, and some of them positive. I'm not so, so positive, you know, from saying that you're so competitive to one that I've always really liked, but you're so nice. You know, and, and I think that's always a surprise sometimes when people say, but you're so nice. And, and it's like, well, I mean, if you're successful, if you, if you look fairly good and you're look and you're dressed fairly nicely, you can still be very nice. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's right. interesting how people relate to the image also and, and your likability.
1: That's right. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you're a high achiever or whether you just enjoy being home and taking care of your family. If yeah. You still need to show up every single day, whether you're taking your children to, to school, um, you still want to attract the right people, right? You know, you talk about this a lot. It's the law of attraction. It, sure. You still want to attract the right people. Don't you want um, the, the best people and the honest people to come and, and you entertain them on a Friday night or a weekend or you're barbecuing? You still want to surround yourself around great people. And sure. if you don't show up and arrive, then you want to attract those people. So it doesn't matter whether you are are working, not working, you still want to attract beautiful people around you who inspire you to be better, who inspire you to laugh more. Just have a great quality of life. So I just say don't make the mistake of every day throwing on sweatpants and pulling your hair back and throwing on a ball (laughs) cap.
0: It's great if you're going to go work out. Hey, go work out,
1: but then go put on some real clothes.
0: Uh, I think we all have to work on that a little bit, especially in California. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you well, should have you should have seen my shock when I moved from Texas to California. I was like, okay. Oh no people oh, yeah. show up with their hair wet to work and they what they wear shorts and sweats and flip flops all day. I'm like, Hello What is wrong with
0: you people? <laughs> we do have to we do have to we do have to show up, there's no doubt. Well, you know, Melissa <laughs> sound like someone that I want to be uh, I want we 're like minded and it's someone like you that I would like to surround myself with, and I think you 're right it 's absolutely true you know we become the people we spend time with, so we have to define in our own minds what are those people, and I think that goes back to who are we, who are we, and yeah. who do we want to show up as, and then who do we want to attract to be a part of that community so you know, you're you're doing great work, and I think that it is important. There's many many people that, uh, you know, they want to look their very best and be their very best. But again, being authentic is the key, and being and building that confidence, and um, surrounding yourself, and and making the world a better place. You know, I'm I'm all about making the world a better place. <laughs> That's me.
1: That's I agree. I agree.
0: Well, tell me how we can learn more about you, what you're doing, uh, what's coming up in your near future, and what you want people to know about you. Well, I would say the,
1: a good place to start would be my website at melissamurray.com, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. As a fellow entrepreneur and, and leader, I do think we have a social responsibility to give back to the community. This is not about us building an empire. This is about us sharing our journey with, with other women and empowering other people. So you can also find me on social media at uh, styleologygroup.com. All of that's getting ready to change. I'm doing a, a new rebrand, um, but that's Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, you, you know, all the, the known social media outlets. Uh, I do have a podcast called Intentional Influence, And that, that. too, is getting ready to – I'm rebranding that as well, and it will be Image Architect. So but all of them will funnel under, so uh, intentional influence. So that is a great place to find me on iTunes.
0: Well, you you don't know it, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you, but you now are a part of the leading women group, and we would be – I think we would all treasure having that relationship with you and you being a part of the community – I look, I look forward to meeting you with Kristen especially. And so uh, whether you come up to Montecito or I come down to Carlsbad in San Diego area, we'll, I, I hope to connect with you in the very near future. But success in all things, Melissa, and congratulations on where you've come from, where you are, what you've learned, what you continue to teach all of us about. So great uh, success in all things. Many
1: blessings. Thank you, Nancy. Many blessings to you, and thank you for having me on your show today. What an honor.